What would you say are the most challenges facing students? Well, I think it's a very complex question because everything is linked inherently. So as much as a student wants to get accommodate, uh, tuition funding and get into the system, they also need accommodation funding. They also need to get food. They also need to cover their living expenses. And so perhaps now one of the most talked about matters and one of the most pressing is the financial element, which includes academics, stationery, all of that, because if you don't have money and you don't have a sponsor, you've essentially got nothing. So would you say government is doing enough to address this? Look, I think it's, it's, the current system is highly problematic. And as much as we've launched Access, uh, the campaign to raise money, it is by no means a solution. What we mean is that this greatest structural problem is the education system that seeks to exclude students based on their financial status at every level. Now, a student coming from, example, a rural KZN who doesn't speak English as their first language now comes into a university space is expected to be taught in English and write exams and be, you know, tested in, in, a, in a language that's third or fourth. Firstly, can't perform academically. He's coming to a space where it's very difficult to find funding. If they even find funding, in an extreme case, these students sleep in libraries. They sleep in computer labs. You know, we have to get them on feeding schemes for from the food bank. And essentially, at every level, they find difficulty. And so even if this person was academically qualifying or has the potential, it's very, very difficult to overcome these barriers. And those are the greatest structural issues that we're talking about. We're saying that, yes, we need to fundraise, but we still need free, high, you know, and, and it must be quality education as well. And we're not saying for all. We're saying free education for the poor. And that really is what we need government to step up with. We need government to give us a timeline. We need this task team to have proper, in the task team that the president has put together. We need proper student representation on that task team. And we really need to know when free and quality education for the poor is coming. Because we cannot be in a situation where the youth of this country is trying to educate itself, is trying to gain skills, but by virtue of being poor is unable to do so. So government, in truth, is not doing enough. Obviously, there are huge issues, and yes, a lot of money is allocated. And the problem that we have is that very often there's maladministration, um, there's some form of, uh, of corruption, money falls through the cracks, and we really need to reassess the efficiency of how the money is being spent, in addition to the amount that is being spent on higher education. So talking about the NFSAS model, uh, what do you think uh, about those students that are excluded because they come from middle class? It's highly problematic and in many ways is abusive to students. That's the first thing. There's a lot of issues where students will come and say, hey, I've handed in all the documentation that's required. When they make a follow-up, it's been lost by the department or by, by, by the NASA's office. That's one example. So NASA's itself is highly problematic. But the students who, who are called the missing middle are not middle-class students. This is very, very important to note. They are not middle-class. They are low-income-earning groups who should be qualifying for government funding. But because of the way NASA's has been set up with the means test, is not able to. And we're talking numbers like 120,000 rand per annum household income before tax, before all of those elements. Now, 
if tuition and accommodation fees cost over 100,000 rand alone, that excludes textbooks and stationery, how in the world is someone who has a number of dependents, usually maybe five or six, how are they going to be able to afford higher education for one child or two children? It's not possible. And so the missing middle are still low-income earning groups, and it's very important to, to, to understand that. And in the system of higher edu- free higher education, they should be included in it because they still can't afford on their own. When it comes to NFSS and its model, what do you think should improve? Uh, I think the first thing is that we need to relook at the means test. Uh, it needs to be taking into account number of dependents. It needs to it's a whole variety. It needs to be more than one or two dimensional. That's the first point. The second point is that there tends to be this argument that NASFAS is free education when it's not because there's a cap, firstly, and a lot of degrees are far more expensive than that and often doesn't cover accommodation. We need to address the maladministration thereof. So if, a, if, if documents are lost and a student's rejected on that basis, what do we do with that student? Because then they get kicked out of res, then they struggle to get into an academic program. The entire system of NASFAS needs to be relooked. And I've given you some examples that the entire system really needs to be under review. And there needs to be legal penalties. If money goes missing, that person needs to be properly penalized by the law. Tell us more about the access campaign. Basically, the access campaign is uh, something that we launched at the beginning of February that tries to raise 10 million rand for students with outstanding debt. Now, these are students who belong to the missing middle the group I spoke about earlier, too poor to be rich, too rich to be poor. And we're trying to raise money for them because they don't qualify for funding, because these students tend to fall through the cracks. And in actual fact, the campaign's going very, very well. We've raised over 3 million rand already. The number continues to grow daily. You'll remember I finally actually, just a day or two ago, donated 50,000 rand to the campaign. Other artists in the industry and other rappers to also meet, meet that uh, challenge. And in actual fact, Casper Nyovest, he met the challenge of the 50,000. Um, and other artists and celebrities are now coming on board in addition to the corporates that we've been approaching. But, you know, from our side, we're not where we need to be yet. We're not at the targeted amount that we're trying to raise. And so we are appealing to South Africa, to the corporate world, to CEOs, to prominent members of society, But to every single South African out there, whatever you can give, any amount helps. And any amount, I mean, you're paying for someone's education. And I can think of no better investment. Together, if we can work in tandem as SRC, as students, and as the greater South African body, together we can open up access to higher education. Uh, If anyone would like to donate, there are banking details available. Everything is tax deductible. The website is www.bitsfoundation.co.za forward slash SRC dot. What do you expect the ministers to say about this issue next week? Well, we're hoping that firstly more money will be allocated, of course, to see exactly how they're going to fund the 0% fee increment, more specific. There's going to be some arrangement, but we haven't been too specific. They haven't been too specific in that. But we also want to get to some form of timeline on free education. Yes, it's a budget speech, but we need to know that some money is coming into it or some money is being poured into this project uh, from our side. And then the other big thing that's becoming a huge problem is accommodation. There is an accommodation crisis in the higher education space. There's just not enough of it.
And we need to hear with the, high, the higher education that budget allocation is going to cover any, if at all, of accommodation.